makes me feel like I'm a part of something bigger. My favorite business show. Hands down, the best B2B sales and marketing podcast. The ultimate resource for salespeople. George makes me want to conquer local. An authentic entertainer. Conquer Local with Vendasta. Here's George Leaf. Hello, everyone. It is another edition of the Conquer Local Podcast. My name is George Leith, your host. This week, we have the privilege of bringing you someone who competes with me for energy. <laughs> First time. I Well, actually, Vivica Von Rossen beat me for energy, for sure. But I think I'm going to get beat again if our pre-interview was any indication you are about to meet one of the most positive individuals that I have met in a long, long time. And Larry Long Jr. is going to talk about his career. First in sports. And then in sales, software sales, and now he's married the two, technology and his love for sports. We're going to learn from Larry Long Jr., the director of sales at Teamworks, when we return with this edition of the Conquer Local podcast. It's my pleasure to introduce Mr. Larry Long Jr. all the way from the great state of North Carolina. Larry, thanks for joining us on the Conquer Local podcast. Come on, George. I'm happy to be here representing North Kakalaki, as we like to call it down here. One of my favorite states in the union is uh, the beautiful state of North Carolina, followed very closely by South Carolina. And uh, Larry and I had the pleasure of meeting a number of weeks back when we realized that we're kindred spirits in the world of sales, and I'm excited to explore some of the things that you've learned in your career. But Larry, first, let's talk a little bit about your background for our uh, listeners here at the Conquer Local podcast. You got it. So, I mean, I've been on an adventure, George, and some people would term it a misadventure, but I can tell you we've been having fun along the way. Moved around a lot as a youngster, played baseball at the University of Maryland, go Terps, had to slide that in there. And it's crazy because my father ran track for the Terps, my sister ran track for the Terps. I played baseball, which makes me the black sheep of the family, literally and figuratively. I know you don't have video, but when they see it, they'll get it. Oh, that's what he was talking about, black sheep. But uh, I've been on a journey after that, did some IT consulting, realized I wasn't passionate about it, opened an indoor baseball softball academy. And when we ran, when we ran out of cash, I realized sales was uh, in a great avenue and sales leadership was an awesome avenue for me really to uh, take my competitive juices from the baseball diamond into the boardroom. Larry, we've talked a lot on the Conquer Local podcast about this affinity for people who are involved in individual or team sports to move into the selling arena. Why do you think that there's such a transition? It's almost like that transition is easier for individuals. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple reasons. Some people say, oh, athletes are used to keeping score. They've got the competitiveness on the inside. They've got that internal drive and desire, as I like to call it. The one thing that I love, love, love about athletes is the coachability. Because you think about it, your whole life, you've been getting coached up and a lot of times coached up pretty hard. I know I've had some tough coaches in my day. And it's one of those things where if you don't adjust, if you don't adapt, if you're not flexible and able to flex and, and really figure out the situation, 
you're uh, going to be sitting on the bench. And I don't know too many people that have fun uh, picking out splinters. I, people ask me, what position did you play? And I joke. I say I was left out. Coach, can I get in? Nah, you're left out. I might be a little dude in stature. I'm five foot nine and three quarters. I like to round up to six feet, but I'm big in, in terms of just internal drive and desire to be the best. And I think that's one thing that makes athletes just uh, uh, a lot of times awesome as sales professionals and business professionals. Now it's not all of them. I've seen some athletes that, Whoa, you, you need to go and try something different, but a lot of them do have that inside of them. Well, you mentioned off the top that um, there was adventures and there was misadventures. I heard that, and I want to understand that a little bit more. Misadventures. It sounds like I wouldn't want to go on one. <laughs> oh, I've got two big misadventures. So the first one, I'm working at Accenture doing IT consulting. I still have that itch. I didn't get drafted. This is June of 2000. I'm, I'm dating myself. I'm. You can see the gray hairs. I'm getting older and wiser. My wife said, "Don't go. Don't go telling those nice people you're getting wiser. You're getting older." But essentially, <laughs> I still had that itch. So I said, "Hey, Accenture, I love y'all. You're paying me well." But I got to go to minor league spring training with the Dodgers and the Red Sox. I took a little sabbatical. I said, hey, I'll probably see y'all in about eight months when the season's over. Well, uh, fast forward, I show up to the uh, Dodgers and they said, thank you for coming out. God bless you and good night. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. So I went across Florida to the Red Sox and they said the same thing. So I took my talents to South Beach. I had some friends that were there on spring break. And let, let's just say I drowned out all my sorrows. I went back to the office with my tail in between my legs. And uh, my colleague said, back so soon? I said, well, you see what happened was. And that's, uh, that's the start of a good story. When you start off, you see what happened was. The second one was my baseball academy. We, uh, we tried and we tried, but we had more money going out the back door than we had coming in the front door. And that's a cash flow problem. We knew our numbers, batting averages, home runs, stolen bases. But the numbers you really need in business are the income statement, the balance sheet, and statement of cash flows. And when you're not selling enough to cover your expenses, that's a big problem. My parents bailed us out and bailed us out. And then they said, hey, Larry, hey, Jason, that was my business partner. You're, you're not a big bank. You're not too big to fail. We love you so much. We're going to let you shut that thing down. So I can remember going to the bank and I said, oh, I want to make a withdrawal. And they just laughed at me. They said, oh, you can't make a withdrawal because you haven't made any deposits. They pretty much they, they, they shooed me away. Shoe fly shoe. So it's been a, uh, a, a fortuitous, uh, a chaotic, a turbulent journey. But we've been smiling all the way through, George. I tell you, I still got a smile on my face just reminiscing about both of those misadventures. Larry, what I find in interviewing folks like you that, you know, obviously have been in business and, and, you know, have had, um, a misadventure. I like the way that you put that, by the way. Um, th this wasn't yesterday though. This was quite some time ago. And, and then you realize that your, you know, your forte was in, in the sales arena. I, I'd love to understand what was the moment where you were like, I should just be in sales. Well, I've been selling since I was 10. Come on now, George. I've been selling my whole life. But when I was 10, my sister was born and I had asked my parents to give me a twin brother. 
And they said, ah, we can't do that, but we'll give you a little baby, baby sister, Tiffany Nicole Long. I was an only child for 10 years. Now she's coming and she's stealing all my attention. So I said, how can I sell myself? I, I had to learn how to tap dance. I had to learn how to tell jokes. I've been selling for about 32 years. But uh, my first business venture was launched by Larry, knocking on doors. Knock, knock, who's there? I was scared out of my mind. My mom said, what's the worst they can say to you? No? I said, yeah. She said, is it that bad? I said, yes, it is. I hate when someone tells me no. She said, little boy, you better get on out there and sell some lawn care services. So I was selling there, but professionally selling. Really, when the baseball academy closed, I said, hey, I need a job. I got to pay my bills. There was a company that said, make 150 calls a day and call CPAs and accountants and you'll uh, get a paycheck. And that's what I did. And I can tell you that I made 148 calls my second week. My boss said, come on in my office. I thought I was getting a raise. I thought I was getting promoted. He said, uh, if you don't make 150 calls, I'm going to do you like the L.A. Dodgers did. I'm going to tell you, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. Needless to say, I did not make less than 150 calls after that. You needed to really, uh, what he needed to do was uh, align expectations. That was what he was doing. He was aligning expectations. Larry, it's pretty easy for our listeners over the last few minutes of meeting you to realize that you have an incredible amount of energy and it is coupled with, in the, the three times now that you and I have spoken, I've noticed there's a passion there about being positive. Is that something that evolved over a period of time or is there, uh, again, I'm starting to see a pattern. Is there a misadventure that led you to this thing of, I'm just going to wake up every day and, and look for the positive side of things? Yeah, I've, I've always kind of been wired this way, but now it's more intentional. And, and really the origins comes back from my upbringing, my mother and my father, and especially my father. My father grew up in Baltimore City in the projects. I don't know if you've ever seen the show The Wire, but that was his neighborhood. Essentially surrounded by drugs, by crime, by violence. Only one from his family to graduate high school. Uh, they said it shouldn't have been done. He should have been a statistic. But track, long jump, triple jump, and his nickname was Shorty Long. That was his avenue out. So he pretty much passed to me. It's our responsibility to, to take every day and make the most of it. And uh, I lost my father five and a half years ago. And, and at that point, it was really, I, I was always positive, but I said, I'm going to be intentionally positive because we all have a choice. And I'm not saying my life is perfect. It's definitely not. I have down days. I have stuff, uh, four letter words, stuff that happens to me, <laughs> but we all have a choice. And uh, I had a manager, Rick Daly, who said, make it a great day. It's your choice. And it really is. And some people choose to look for the, the worst. They look for, woe is me. Other people, as my buddy James Babb, one of my former sales colleagues, he said, hey, in every situation, no matter how good or how bad, you got to look for the good, the great, and the wonderful. And if you have that perspective, whoa, come on, George, don't get me hype up in here. If you have that perspective, Life is absolutely phenomenal. As my boy J.J. Walker said, dynamite. Larry, I can't, like, I can't get enough of Larry Long. Like, it's just, it's infectious. I want to understand, we have all the positive side of it. We have the history of how you arrived here, but you, you ended up selling technology, software as a service, an industry that you and I both are now connected by, um, and also an industry that didn't exist before we had App Store, before we had this thing called a cloud, 
which unfortunately isn't a cloud, actually. The, the servers are not in a cloud above Earth. They're actually in Council Bluffs, Iowa, and Iceland, and places like that. So this industry is born software as a service, and you and I both know that subscription is the key to that whole thing. Um, and you are, you're at a tech company, and that's where you really start to, to delve into the sales business and, and the frameworks and the process and the playbooks and can I use other uh, buzzwords. Tell us about that start when you, when, you, when you arrived at this tech company and you brought that positive attitude and that salesmanship that you've had for quite some time. Um, what, was it a perfect storm? Because I found when I got into SaaS software, it, it was a bit of a perfect storm for me. I would agree. And I've been a tech geek my whole life. I remember as a youngster, uh, I had the Highlights magazine and they used to have coding. I had a little Commodore 64 and I was doing basic programming. Love this. So I've been a tech geek my whole life. Let's write some let's write some basic right now. That's the first time on four and a half years that somebody talked about a software language I can actually write. Thank you, Larry. <laughs> I love it. But essentially, it was a perfect storm and it was an awesome fit. And I'll tell you the honest truth. I was not passionate about serving CPAs and accountants. I got to use my fingers to count. But essentially, I was passionate about accountants being in a great position to help their small business owners who I was a failed small business owner. So I started sharing my testimony and uh, I'm authentically passionate about, I don't want other small businesses to fail like me. It's not fun when you can't pay your bills. It's not fun when you got to call mom and dad and grandmom. Hey, can you loan, can you bail a brother out? Can you loan me some money so that I can buy some groceries? That's not fun. And my accountant was in an awesome position to help us, but he didn't have the technology and he didn't have the personality to really be able to communicate, hey, your income statement, balance sheet and statement of cash flows, this is the story that it's telling. And a lot of accountants are like that. This software that we were providing was helping them. It's like, wow. And I think some people say software is eating the world. Everywhere you go. I know here you go to the gas station, uh, gas station called Sheets. They have MTO, made to order. You're not going to talk to someone to order a sub. You do it straight from the computer program, from the touch screen. You go to the bank. I don't know the last time I saw a real live bank teller. Now you go in and you're talking to that computer. Boop, 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 boop. So essentially, it's it's where it's at from my perspective, as well as in software, being a tech geek, check. Uh, being in sales, that competitive desire, as well as that, 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 that giving mindset. I mean, I'm a go-getter. Like uh, the great philosopher, Young Jeezy, who's a rapper, he's got a song called Go Getter. But I'm also a go-giver. And I think that's my man, Bob Berg, talking about being a go-giver. So being intentional, being proactive, being able to go and give and, and give because you want to help people, you want to serve people. It, it, there's no better feeling. And, and I'm in a great place because right now I just transitioned out of tech sales leadership. And now I've got the gold mic in my hand. I get to inspire sales professionals, sales leaders, business owners, CEOs, entrepreneurs, you name it. So I get the best of all worlds. I remember a number of years back when I first started at the company that I'm at today, working in SaaS software. And I, I didn't really understand all the technology behind what we were delivering. And what I found was, you know, you have to understand it eventually. But what they were really looking for was somebody to interpret 
how it would impact their business. What was the moment that you got that, Larry, that that was your secret sauce, was that you were able to interpret complex things and put it in, a, because you're a very passionate storyteller, that's why we bond so well. I'm just wondering, what was the moment that you realized that? It was it was talking to an accountant, and I don't remember exactly which one. It definitely wasn't the one in New York who said, hey, Larry, he got real deep. He said, Larry, I got something for you. I thought I was getting a, a scheduled meeting. I was about to ring the bell. He said, go ahead and put on a pair of concrete shoes and jump off a bridge. I said, oh, they didn't put that in our manual of how to overcome that objection. But when I was able to connect with a CPA and he got what I was saying, and at Accenture doing IT consulting, our job was to take complex solutions, essentially boop, 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 stuff that I didn't even understand, and making it into actual business, tangible, understandable uh, solutions, essentially outcomes that people were looking for. And those people were America Online, Verizon. These were big companies. So when I went to this startup, it was pretty much the same thing, but just on a smaller, a much smaller scale. But once again, making sense of this technology, this software. Uh, you said it's in the cloud? Is that a cumulus cloud? Or <laughs> the is fluffiest it one you can get. The fluffiest <laughs> one you can know. get. But, but essentially being able to translate that and no parlez-vous français, habla un poco de, de espanol, mi esposa es de Argentina, but I do speak a little bit of technology and making that understandable where someone's eyes, they go ding, that they get it. That's the name of the game. And that's remained the same when you're able to show and paint that picture like you're Picasso of what life will be like on the other side and people getting it. That, that's that moment where you go, ah. If we Google Larry Long Jr., we find this company called Teamworks. Tell me about Teamworks and, and when was it born? And I know this is your baby now. Explain to our listeners about Teamworks. Teamworks makes the dream work. So essentially, Teamworks is a software company that sells to athletic teams. It's communication, collaboration, operational efficiency. And now they're moving into it's the name image likeness. It's essentially the brand building of college athletes to be able to monetize before college athletes were amateur and they were getting paid, but it was underneath the table. Don't tell nobody else. Now it's above board and they're able to monetize their brand. Let's say uh, Marriott wants the exposure from Trevor Lawrence, the top quarterback from Clemson. He can now say, hey, I'll give you a shout out on my Instagram or as the, the young bucks, the millennials say, IG or DeGram. Essentially, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, promote y'all in exchange for you got to give me the loot. So essentially, it's a software platform really designed to help bring together all aspects of an athletic team. Loved it. It was the trifecta of three things that I love. I love sports. Like I said, played baseball in Maryland. I love software and technology. I'm a tech geek. And I love sales leadership, being able to lead a team, especially a former athlete. You, for, for your viewers, you can't see I got a baseball bat in my hand. But essentially, <laughs> being able to knock out home runs, Oh, there's no better feeling, especially when that home run is being able to impact student athletes, uh, the staffs of these athletic teams. And as the director of collegiate sales, that was my bread and butter. But we work with pro teams. Uh, we work with international federations. It was unbelievable. Well, it definitely is. It, it, it's your passion and your wheelhouse around uh, sports. So it, it's great that you arrived at this spot. But I, 
I want to understand the the leadership portion. So you you have a sales organization. You and did you build this from from the beginning, or did you inherit a team, or you know how when you arrived at TeamWorks, what what was there? I came in and I inherited a team. We had seven inside sales junior uh, sales professionals. Their goal was to schedule meetings, and then that morphed as we went on and on. I uh, ended up we we kind of we we. We lowered the count, our head count on lead gen, and we really made it hybrid. We expected our sellers to manage the top of funnel, the middle funnel, and the end of funnel. So since I ended up managing a team of full cycle sales reps that were responsible for everything, they had to go out and source uh, their prospects, do the demos, add the value, and close deals. And I can tell you that throughout the pandemic, the team stepped up. They, they stepped up and they showed out at a time when folks needed communication. It's like, what are you going to do? Send a carrier pigeon? What are you going to do? Use the old BlackBerry? Good luck. Uh, I need a new trackball. You better go ahead and use these Android and, and, and Apple devices to, to stay in touch, to communicate, to make sure everyone's on the same page. Because if not, it's going to be a mess. And no one likes a mess. It starts with communication. You know, one of the reasons I asked that question was... I was hoping that you might be able to share with our listeners, what were some of the tactics that you deployed coming into that team? Because you, you changed the structure. Um, it was it, what you're talking about is segmented sales. We've talked about it a lot on this broadcast, but you moved more to a full cycle. Um, was it because of COVID? Was it because of remote selling? I'd love to understand what the thinking was there. Or you talked about young reps. Was it because you had junior reps? I'd, I'd like to understand why you made that decision. This was before COVID. So we had a junior okay. rep team. What we figured, what we realized really quickly was that our more experienced sellers, they were great at getting referrals. They were great at generating their own business. And we didn't need to have the, the uh, top of funnel segmented where you pass the baton and it can somewhat lose steam. So we still had uh, two reps that were focused on lead gen, uh, but they were really specialized. We had one that focused on football. And, and, and here in the States, college football is a beast in and of itself. And then we had another rep that was focused on the academic. We had an academic solution because even though it's called student athlete, a lot of times in practice, it's athlete, athlete. But uh, we didn't want to forget our, our, our motto and our theme and our goal was to empower and engage elite athletes. And with that, we want to make sure they get the education, they get the degree so that when that chapter of sports closes, they're, they're now able to succeed. So what we found is, hey, let's go ahead and have a super rep. All of our reps can be super reps that drum up their own business. They, they show value and then they close deals. And then as we went into the pandemic, what we found is we weren't able to get on site anymore. We, we, right. we were big face to face. We're, we're out there at the games. We're cheering them on. We're wearing the swag. Well, now it's a whole new game and we're virtual. We're, we're uh, Brady Bunch style. We got all these boxes on Zoom and all these other teleconference. So we really had to adapt our methods to get closer to our clients as well as to listen. We always listen, but now we really had to listen and understand what are they going through. We had to put our thinking caps on and think through what is plan B for what's going on? What is plan C? And what can I add a value? We use the term value, but how can I step into their shoes and give them a potential solution? Hey, guess what? Iowa is doing this to fundraise. 
They're reaching out to all their former athletes, all their alumni, the ones that didn't play in the NFL, and they're soliciting donations of 100, 150, 200. And in return, they're able to raise XYZ amount of dollars. Ooh, tell me more. You said that they're raising money from their non-NFL guys? Yes. And here goes what they're doing with their NFL guys. Ooh, tell me more. When you when you're able to get people's ears perked up, and, and, and you get them engaged, whoo, you're now, instead of being a, a, a salesman, a saleswoman, you're now a trusted advisor. You're now sitting on that side of the table and you're pretty much, you're part of the team. Hey, Larry, tell us more. What else you got? It's interesting. If you listen really closely, I started the question with, you know, the reps you inherited, how long have they been in the business? And you went right to reverse engineering the customers you were dealing with and how you could super serve the customer better, which was how you structured the sales organization. I just wanted to call that out because that's the right way to do it. You structure your sales organization and your go-to-customer motions based upon the client's needs or where the gaps are in that. So, you know, I just wanted our folks at home to pick up that piece. Let's, if people want more Larry Long Jr., which why wouldn't they? Um, how... Can, can they reach out to you, Larry? And I think it's also important to know that you're doing a lot of keynote and a lot of training as a part of the, the gold mic thing. And we're going to get pictures of the baseball bat and the gold mic and put them into the speaker notes because we have to have those. But let's talk a little bit about some of the training and the, the keynote work that you're doing. I've been blessed, George, with so many projects. I just released an online on-demand sales training course, Sales 101, The Basics. Time management, uh, prospecting, discovery, demo, pipeline management, closing. So really just unpacking this crazy brain of mine and putting it in bite-sized pieces online. So that's one thing. I'm writing two books. I'm a co-author of one book that's coming out this summer talking about leadership. And then I'm, I'm, I'm writing my own book, Jolt, to really inspire people to find their inner greatness. But I live and play all day in the sandbox of LinkedIn. I do a midweek, midday motivational minute every Wednesday at 12 noon Eastern, really inspiring folks. Uh, if you watch the news, there's so much bad news. If you look outside in your neighborhood, there's some stuff out there that ain't all too great. So it says, yeah, I'm playing the part. I'm doing my little part to share some positivity, some rays of sunshine. On Clubhouse, every Friday, I do a positivity on a Friday. I think we've done 21 episodes, 21 straight Fridays. So you can see that there's a common theme here. I'm just passionate about helping people elevate wherever they are today to that proverbial next level. My wife hates that word, next level. She's like, oh, that's so generic. I'm like, well, give me a different word that I can use and I'll use it. But for now, it's taking people to that next level. If we could go back in time, uh, and I love asking this question to a younger Larry Long Jr. And for some real weird reason, maybe it's a, you know, something happened in the atmosphere. You get to speak to that individual back in the day. And you wanted to leave one lesson so that they wouldn't make some horrible mistake you know you've already made. What would that one lesson be that you could tell your former self? Oh, that's an easy one. Ask for help. I've got a hard head. I've got a real hard head and a an ego, not a big ego, but it's one of those things where I want to figure it fit. I want to figure it the freak out on my own. No, little Larry, no. <laughs> hey, drop the ego, man. You can still be the big dog, but you got to ask for help. There's so many times throughout my career where I should have dropped the ego, opened myself up and said, hey, can you help me? 
And looking back at it, hindsight being 2020, I missed out on some some excellent opportunities to learn, to grow and to have success in in, in areas where I just I said, hey, I'm going to do it alone and just bashing my head up against walls with my baseball academy and my sales career. It's like, no, drop it and ask for help. So that would be the one piece of advice I would share with little Larry Long Jr. if I could go back in the future. Larry Long Jr., founder and CEO of Larry Long Jr. LLC, can help you with your scaling of your sales organization, the training of your sales organization. If you need some positivity, it's right here in spades, but also director of collegiate sales at Teamworks. Larry, really appreciate your time today and the lessons that you've shared from your stories. You're a great storyteller. And if people want to learn more about Larry, they can do so in our notes and, and connect with you. So thanks for joining us on the Conquer Local podcast. Thank you, George. I wasn't kidding. We will get Larry back on the broadcast at some point in time. There's a lot more there that I'd love to get out of that brain of his. But let's talk about this episode and a few of the takeaways. So the first, find something that you're passionate about. And it took Larry a while to marry his passion for sports and technology and for helping customers. But now that he's in his sweet spot, you can see that his career has completely taken off and it's about going to work every day and doing something that you love, which we've talked a lot about that here on this podcast. Also, if you read between the lines, when he went into his new career, what he didn't do was, well, this is the way we've always done it. He took a good hard look at how do you super serve the client? He went back to the customer, which is where we should always be focused if we are in the business of selling and helping clients and said, how do I take what I've been given and make the best use of it for the needs of the customer? You also heard Larry early in the episode talk about his passion for small business and that passion to help small business came from a misadventure. You know, there's that old saying, I don't fail, I just learn. Um, but usually great learning comes from failure. And I love the word misadventure because we all have them. And I think that that, as you heard from Larry, was the moment that he realized that you need to be very well-rounded in your business protocol if you're going to be successful. And he's very passionate about helping business people succeed. He doesn't want anyone else to experience what he went through. And then finally, I think there was a lot there from Larry about uh, what he would share with his earlier self. And that is, you don't know everything and uh, keep that constant learning moving forward. So I encourage you to follow Larry Long Jr. online as he continues to release all of this great content. Um, I, I find it infectious to listen to him. You can't help but being pumped up after listening to Larry. And uh, we appreciate you coming and joining us on this edition of the Conquer Local podcast. The conversation continues in the Conquer Local community. You can reach out to Larry and have a chat with him. And we're also looking forward to meeting you online. And we've had a number of people that have connected with us on LinkedIn here recently. And I make a point of trying to get back to everybody very quickly to learn more about what you would like to have in these episodes. So please keep the feedback coming. We use it as we plan the upcoming episodes of the Conquer Local podcast. My name is George Leith. I'll see you when I see you. You've been listening to the Conquer Local Podcast presented by Vendasta. Guest discovery and scheduling by Jacob Soley and Carissa Clausen. Marketing by Rory Lawford, Aaron Shawaga, Nicole Lozon, and Trent Walker. Produced by Colleen McGrath. <laughs>
Executive producers Brendan King and George Leith recorded and mixed at Sound Lounge by T-Bone.